This is Intelligent Rebellion. Hey everyone, this very first episode of Intelligent Rebellion podcast was actually meant to be a guest interview, but just as we were putting the trailer together, one of uh, my friends, Amy, suggested that the very first episode of the podcast should be me introducing myself to, to everybody and to all our listeners. So sure, Amy, why not? Um, l- let's go ahead and do that. My name is Ria Mikado and I am the host of this podcast, Intelligent Rebellion. Let me start at the very beginning. I am the only daughter of Jun and Remy Mikado. I'm a middle child, which will probably tell you everything that you need to know about me, but I am squashed between two brothers, uh, my older brother Mervyn and my younger brother PJ. And yes, for all those Robin Hood fans out there, his name is Mervyn. Here's a fun fact about me. I was born on the floor of my parents' home in Pasig City, Manila in the Philippines. Uh, That's right, on the floorboards in my parents' house. At the time that I was born, my dad was in the Middle East and he was driving road trains and trucks because he was an OFW. And if you're not familiar with what an OFW is, it actually stands for Overseas Filipino Worker. And like most parents, even to this day, they would travel to another country and they would work and then they would earn and they'd send their money back. Here's a fun fact. In 2018, there were 2.2 million overseas Filipino workers and they contributed almost 10% of the GDP of the Philippines. So it's an absolutely massive workforce and it wasn't unusual, as I said, for parents to be Uh, traveling and working overseas for months and months at a time. In 1987, my parents decided to migrate to Australia. And back then it was just my my mom and my dad and Mervyn and me. And I was a four-year-old kid and Merv was seven at the time. My mom brought up uh, the fact just a couple of weeks ago that my little two kids are now the same age that Mervyn and I were when we had arrived in Australia. So I kind of find it really serendipitous that just as my parents had made a decision to start a new adventure in their life by migrating to Australia, that I am doing the same thing and starting my own adventure just as my two little people are about the same age. And I don't know, I just find that, I just find that pretty cool. When we got here and um, we actually landed uh, here in Australia and and set up initially in the eastern suburbs of Sydney and, you know, in those first few years, and I don't know if this is probably a very familiar migrant story, but we sort of just hopped from house to house and from place to place. My mum and dad very quickly found jobs to support us in those first few years. And it's funny because I remember one of my very fondest memories of that time was every time we were about to move to a new place, my dad would rent out a truck and we would pack it all up in the evening with all our things, but just leaving the mattress that we were sleeping on and whatever we were having for for breakfast the next day. And we'd always leave before the sun came up. 
And just as we were, we were ready to go, my dad would grab the mattress and he would slide it ever so perfectly up against the side of the truck, just like one of those really straight long Tetris pieces that just fit in that hole that you'd been saving up for the whole game. I don't know, I, maybe that's why I'm good at Tetris, but, and you know, watching my dad do that. And I, I truly think it was just my dad's years and years of packing trucks and that, that's why he just knew how to do that. But that, that certainly is just one of those memories that just really stand out in my mind, just the efficiency of it all. But also that we were so adaptable. I don't ever remember that time being anything but a load of fun. In 1989, my parents were able to get a loan and they bought their home in Western Sydney. To this day, they still live in that exact same home and I set up my roots and I only live about three kilometres away from where they are. And this is where my husband and I have chosen to raise our kids. So when my kids stay over my parents' house, they sleep in my old room or Merv's old room and they eat in the same kitchen and for me that's just that's just really cool you know they play in the same driveway that I played in and in the same backyard that you know Merv and I and PJ played in and that that's just really cool to me. Look, during these episodes you're going to learn a lot more about me uh, but I also wrote a book called Compo a rehabilitation consultant's journey which will give you a little bit more insight about who I am and how I grew up and a little bit more about my journey through industry. I often joke that my book is actually the best non-best-selling book in the entire world. So um, if you want a copy, um, I have tons. I have lots left. So just jump onto the website and, and, and buy one. But I think just for this episode, I wanted to maybe talk through a few really pivotal moments in my life, which I think have got me to this point, but have shaped me as a person and I just wanted to share a few things with you. The very first thing that came to mind when I was thinking about this episode was the time that I actually called someone's mom a bitch. And I just got caught in that lie. I mean, I was 10 years old at the time and I was in primary school and I just denied it when I was asked. I said, no, of course I didn't. But of course I did. I, I did. I called someone's mama bitch and I got in a lot of trouble for that. That taught me a lesson in valuing honesty and integrity above everything else. The second time that comes straight to my brain is the time that I got a dart stuck in my head. Um, bear with me but yeah I got a dart stuck in my head and dad had bought a dartboard but Merv and I decided that it just wasn't any more fun to throw the darts horizontally at the dartboard and it would be just way more exciting to just throw them up into the air. So there we are in the backyard chucking these darts up in the air and watching them land sort of pointy side down into the grass. And one time we chucked them all up in the air and only two of the three darts actually landed. So Merv and I just like looking around the backyard, looking in the grass, like, where is this dart? Like, where's it gone? And Merv just takes one look at my head and he starts pointing and he starts yelling, it's in your head, it's in your head. And then he runs over and he's trying to take it out. Well, he goes to try to take it out. 
And I was like, no, 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 don't take it out. I just, I just want to see it. So he takes his shirt off and he throws it over my head to conceal the dart. And we walk up the seven steps onto the landing that will take us through the kitchen. And there's my mom in the kitchen cooking because, you know, she's a Filipino mom and that's what they do. We just sort of creep past her and, and around the corner and into the bedroom and Merv in front of the mirror lifts his shirt off my head and I shit you not, there was this dart in the middle of my head and I've just looked at it and gone, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And that situation with the dart taught me a lesson in stealth, number one. It also taught me a lesson in cooperation and siblinghood and more now that I look back on that, that the people who are most closest to you and have been around the longest in your life are the ones that you can always count on, the ones that you can always turn to. For me anyway, I know are always going to be there and that is such a special relationship and that has allowed me to do things like this podcast and take real big chances in my life and big and really big risks in my life because I know that no matter what there will always be my brother or somebody close by who is going to throw a shirt over my head and sneak me past a figure of authority <laughs> and make sure I'm going to be okay. You know, sort of j- jumping on when I was 21 years old I had finished my first degree at university and I just wanted to get away. So my mom and my dad were, well, we made a deal um, that if I finished my university course, they would shout me a round the world plane ticket. And of course I took them up on that and I decided to uh, do a camp counselor thing because uh, someone that I knew from working at the university had actually gone over, I think the year before, and she said, hey, come on down to this place. It's really quite amazing. You get paid to be there um, and it's just a lot of fun. So I signed up and ended up working as a camp counsellor at Camp Seafarer or Seafair in Arapahoe, North Carolina. And Arapahoe, North Carolina, look it up on a map, is really far away from Sydney, Australia. I remember when we were at Sydney airport and my parents were dropping me off and my mom bought me a watch, a Swatch watch. And if you know me, you know I love Swatch watches. I have a massive collection. And she bought me a Swatch watch with little ducks on it. And I put it on just before I was going to the departures and I said bye to my mom. And I don't think that watch came off my wrist the entire time that I was gone. I remember as soon as I walked through the departure gates and I realized, holy shit, I am by myself. For the very first time in my entire life, I was by myself and I was responsible for myself. And this wave of fear just struck me. So I arrived in North Carolina and that's a whole other story of how I even got from Sydney to LA to Raleigh-Durham airport and then finally through the gates of Camp Seafarer. But as soon as I arrived with literally nothing but a 
backpack of clothes and like 20 of those little clip-on koala things that you give away. I saw the best of humanity. I was welcomed into this beautiful community with open arms and people literally opening their homes to me. You know, this random 21-year-old kid from down under, from Australia, and they fed me and they housed me and they washed my dirty laundry and they showed me absolute love and compassion. And I will forever be grateful to those people at Camp Seafair. And some of them, which are some of my very amazing, great friends. But most recently, the one thing that has been most pivotal and has really sparked this new adventure of mine happened in 2014 after coming home from work one day. I literally walked through the doors, sat on the couch and burst out into tears and I could not stop crying. I was totally uncontrollable. And the worst part of it was that I just had no idea why. I just found myself to be profoundly sad. I knew that was because I was feeling quite uneasy and it was uneasy to do with work. You know, I'd been sort of stretched in a lot of different directions and I just felt uneasy about that. And so here I am crying on the couch and my husband, who is amazing, just took a look at me and said, well, fuck it, you need to quit your job. And right then and there, I made the decision, yeah, you know what, fuck it, I need to quit my job. And almost instantly, I felt so much better. And it's been seven years now since since then, that decision and then decisions after that to stay true to my personal ideologies and my personal values has really paved the path to where I am and what I'm doing now. Because on that day when I was on that couch, my eldest son was not even one year old yet. And upon reflecting on that, I thought to myself, well, what legacy am I leaving for my children? What role model am I being for my kids? I realized that the only thing that I really want from my kids or for my kids is for them to grow up with kindness and compassion and with respect for their community and for the people around them and even for the people that they don't even know because that's how I grew up. I grew up with my mum and dad telling me and showing me kindness for others and taking for people for face value and showing compassion, being loyal and fiercely protecting your community. And that's exactly what I want to be a role model for for my kids. I probably think I'm going to leave it there. Um, I think that's a lot to digest more for me and probably for you. I do want to say this though, if you are out there listening to this and you are doing amazing, quirky, innovative, far out things in your day-to-day life, in your community, we want to hear your story. We want you to tell your story because only you can tell your story. And there are so many people out there, and I was one of those people who never felt like my story mattered, who never felt like I had a place to share my ideas and to experiment and to be wrong and to just brainstorm. So if you are out there, we want to hear you. We want to be able to see you. We want to be able to celebrate you. So once again, my name is Ria Mikado, and welcome to 
the Intelligent Rebellion Podcast. The Intelligent Rebellion Podcast is a Three Sticks production. It is produced, written, and hosted by me, Ria Mikado. Will is the emperor of sound, mixing, and editing, and is the talent behind all our original music. This episode of Intelligent Rebellion is dedicated to my mom and my dad. You did all right.